I'm Jamie. And I'm Ari, and we're two moms just trying to navigate through motherhood. But today we are three. We have Elizabeth joining us from Denver, Colorado. She's our ambassador out there. She's also a licensed professional counselor, and she is going to be continuing the conversation about maternal mental health. And so, Elizabeth, if you could give a little introduction if anybody's just listening to this series for the first time. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad to be back for our fourth, fourth episode together. Fifth? Fifth. Fifth if you include the ambassador training. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm like, I'm going back. No, this is our fifth. (laughs) Our fifth session with you. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Oh yeah. This is awesome. Um, so yes, hi everyone. It's so good to be back. My name is Elizabeth. I am the Denver ambassador. Um, I am a mom of one little boy. He will be two in July. Um, and so soon. So soon. I can't believe it. Aww. Time, time. Oh, mind blowing. And I am a psychotherapist. I am trained in perinatal mental health. I specialize in working with new moms. And in fact, my my background, I've been thinking out more about why I love working with new moms is my background for many, many years was I worked with teenagers and families. And before I became a mom, I was so struck by how um, young people's mental health is so inextricably linked with the parents' mental health. Mm-hmm. And so now mm. becoming a mom, I know that in a more direct way. And I find it so fulfilling to work with moms because the trickle down in terms of how much it affects the family system and our communities and this ripple goes on and on and on. So I'm like so happy to be working more upstream now with moms and hoping that it, it impacts kids and less kids have to do therapy. So that's sort of mm. my reach. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Well, guys, if you haven't listened, also I'm like holding the mic like I'm a freaking rapper. Like, what's <laughs> up, guys? <laughs> I don't know what got over me. Um, it's because I'm like sitting down versus like at a stool. I'm, literally, I'm like, I don't know what came over my personality, but um... if you guys didn't know, Elizabeth also holds like like ragers, dance party ragers for moms. Yeah, and I've seen your dance moves from your videos, and I'm like, I need to join. I hope you're coming out for our ambassador retreat because oh my god, dance party. Well, and our <laughs> hope, our hope is, and actually, that was one of the things that eventually I want to talk about today too, is just how important fun is for moms and how we talk about all this serious stuff all the time and mm. like self care and taking care of oneself becomes like a job. Mm-hmm. And like, who is also t- supposed to be telling us like, mom, go have fun, go dance with your friends, like go, like, let loose, just just do you. And so my, you know, my co founder and I of that we started, we started spaces where moms could do that in a place that is for us. Like, we don't have to go to I don't want to go to the bar anymore. I'm 38 years mm-hmm. old. I'm yeah. gonna, but I want to have fun and be with my friends and let loose and listen to music so we created a space for that and we're hoping to actually p- bring it across the country and have moms Come on. everywhere be able to access that so hopefully i, I can love that to you yeah that oh is so goodness. fun yeah to Guys, be able to dance without creepers would be great yeah <laughs> and to feel safe and like you could just be yourself and get weird and just 
let your emotions out through your body in a dancing way is the most therapeutic mm-hmm. thing I can imagine. And Jamie can be our rap star, you know? Yeah. She'll just yes. be holding the mic up like this. I'll be the Britney Spears backup dancer and we'll just like Love it. rock it. Love it. That is seriously so fun. Guys, Elizabeth is so cool. She's like just a world. No, she is. She, you are. You're like a world of wisdom, but you've also have walked through personal experience and then you're also doing something about it. And that's like just why we love you so much because you're you're creating a pathway for moms for freedom and we just admire you so much. And if you guys haven't listened to her past episodes, oh my gosh, you'll be just mind blown. They're so good. Um, but I have left you guys on a cliffhanger twice now. So we're going to start out going into this information with the cliffhanger. My question was, when you were creating a plan for specifically in breastfeeding, and maybe it's just really difficult, or maybe your kid has a tongue tie, maybe you have an inverted nipple, maybe it's just really hard and really painful. And society is saying breast is best or people around you are saying, give it six weeks, give it two months. And your internal dialogue isn't set on exclusively breastfeeding. How can we create a system or just little like tags um, of indicators? What tools can we use to kind of formulate giving a mom freedom to trying alternative ways of feeding, whether it's pumping it through a bottle or through formula? Um, I think just creating a system like that. So there isn't anxiety around feeding. There isn't anxiety, um, or depression around that. And if you guys want to know more yeah. specifically on breastfeeding, um, go back and listen to a past episode, but can you talk about just a little, uh, strategy on and plan in place for moms who are maybe new to breastfeeding, um, new yeah. moms that we could put in place for them? Yeah, Absolutely. And I think I can make this short and sweet because while I will ask a mom who is having a hard time breastfeeding but is continuing to endure despite suffering is why? Where's the pressure coming from? What's the voice? What is it actually? Is it society? Is it just how you thought it was going to be in your fantasies? Where is the pressure coming from? Because... No one likes to, I don't, I feel like I'm saying something really taboo right now, but I'll say it. <laughs> I'm that person. There's not a lot of research to support breast is best. There's uh. actually not. And if you read, I love the, the researcher, Emily Oster. She wrote the books Expecting Better and the book Crib Sheet. And she is an economics professor. And so when she was pregnant, she wanted all of the data, the data, like the facts, the cold Sounds hard like evidence Ari. around all of these things. And so what she found is that there's not a lot of evidence. There's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of social pressure, but there's not a lot of data. So she went out and found it. She's an she's like mm. an econ person. So she's brilliant. And what she found specifically around breastfeeding is that The research on breast is best when it comes specifically to outcomes for health in infants and cognitive, so brain development for infants, is there is not a lot of research saying breast is best. 
So we have this idea that we have to breastfeed our kids because it is the best thing for them. When in reality, what no one is saying is, show me the data. Why, where are you getting mm. that from? There's not a lot. The research shows that, like we talked about in our last episode or our breastfeeding episode, mom's mental health when breastfeeding is going well is increased. So breastfeeding going well is good for mom's mental health. That There's mm-hmm. evidence to back that up. And there's some evidence to back up short-term like GI. I think it's gastrointestinal things for baby. Mm. And that's it. Mm. So what the about question the antibodies? Would... So Sorry, there, just to interrupt. Yeah. yeah. So there, yeah, I mean, there is some thought that babies do get antibodies from breastfeeding for certain things and that that's obviously a good thing. But this is what I would say that hasn't been really researched longitudinally over a ton of time. So we don't really know that that is going to go uh, and continue to impact and protect the person into like adulthood, for example. Mm. So that might be a short-term benefit perhaps, but the rest of it is a little unclear or even just there's no date. There's not a lot of data. So my question for moms is like, if you were to know that the facts are that your mental health your mental health has more of an impact than whether or not you're breastfeeding. Mm. What would you choose? Because what we That's do know powerful. is that mom's mental health, the, the science is clear. Mom's mental health impacts kids. Science mm. is clear. Is mm-hmm. the science just as clear that breastfeeding impacts kids? It's not so clear, right? So if yeah. your heart is set on breastfeeding and you have worked with a lactation consultant and you've gotten that support and it's still not working and you are suffering and it's causing you anxiety or depression or just you're not well because of it, then I would ask you like, why? Why? Mm-hmm. And are you doing actually more damage to the whole family by forcing and forcing and forcing than mm-hmm. the good that would come from breastfeeding? It's so crazy. I think we get so caught up on different things, whether it's breastfeeding or maybe it's feeding certain foods or whatever it is. We get so caught up on what everybody else thinks that we should do that then it takes a toll on the mental health of the entire family because maybe it's hurting one person, which then has a trickle effect, in this case, the mom. And ultimately, there are so many other things that like truly affect your child's well-being, then maybe that one particular thing we get hung up on. And right. so I love that this is kind of a release for moms who have struggled with their choices um, or or are currently debating how they're going to proceed forward and just releasing them of the stigma. If you choose to continue to exclusively breastfeed, that is incredible and that's amazing. If yes. like that's bringing you joy and you know whatnot, but think also about holistically how that can affect your entire family if it's going poorly and you've tried for however long. Um, so that's phenomenal. I'm glad that we picked up on this uh, cliffhanger. And now so, we can jump into the meat of actually finishing up the last episode. Um, and then we'll jump into the final. So Elizabeth, what, um, where do you want to get started? 
So I think we left off, we were talking through our steps to wellness for moms, and I think we had the last few, and I'm going to tie them all up together because they segue really well into, I think, a really important conversation about, well, how do I do all this, and what is the support Mm -hmm. to do all this? Because what was funny about our last episode is we were saying, well, duh, like we know that sleep (laughs) and nutrition and time for yourself is important. But how can you help me implement that? Who's going to help me Mm. implement that? And so that's sort of the question I really want to answer. Um, (laughs) But the rest of the steps for wellness are having emotional support that feels really unbiased and there for you and non-judgmental. And we talked about how that can sometimes be difficult to get from the people in your life that are already Mm. your people. Sometimes it's really important to get new third parties, new friends, new mom walk communities, new therapy groups, whatever. The other piece, the other two pieces are practical support and referrals in the community. So practical support, meaning that we can't possibly do it all. I know we want, we think we can, and we try, but is it necessary to do it all? And what's the cost? Mm. Actually, I was just reading a book yesterday and I found this data point really believable, but also telling that there was research done on who are the best workers, like who are the best employees that Mm. a company would want to hire? Like who is the most productive person? They are working moms are the most productive, like far and away, like squash of anybody else, squash men in any category, squash (laughs) both dads and non, squash um, moms who are not working because working moms, we are wired to figure out how to do it all, right? Mm -hmm. So we are the most productive. We know that. We know that we can be superheroes. But the question is like at what cost Mm -hmm. is it? us? Is it the kids? Is it bringing joy into the home? Because what we know is having joy in the home, laughter, and like a relaxed mom is like the best thing for a child. So Mm. practical support is imperative. How good are you at asking for help? Do you need to be the person doing it all? I would suggest no. And then who are the people in the community? Where are you getting your uh, lactation consultation and all of the other things. It's really important to tap into all these things. And then finally, like we talked about last time, sitting down with your support people and having a plan of action, like sitting down with whether it's your partner or your husband or your family or your mom, whoever it is, and saying, we need to map this out. How am I going to get better sleep? How are we going to feed the family? How am I going to get one hour of exercise time every three days and to not assume that you have to figure it out on your own to ask for the support. And that is all necessary in keeping a mom well. So that's sort of wrapping up the last podcast in one little bow before we go forward. Yeah. (laughs) It's so interesting. You use like the term dream of what you need help with or like plan and all this type of stuff like that just sort of language so I was in I'm back in therapy if you've I've said it at the previous episodes but I therapy today and my therapist said something to me she's like 
when's the last time you've dreamed, like dreamed of your life, dreamed of what you want, dreamed of what mm. like things look like. And I was like, oh, I haven't like, and she's like, because you've mm. been in survival for so long that mm. you can't create when you're trying to survive. And I've oh, heard that mm. phrase like time and time again. And like, I can even say like Ari and I with like the collective and everything, like we haven't really like dreamt of a while because we've just all been in transition season. So we've just been perfecting the things that we're already doing. Yeah. And even in my life, she was like, I want you, like my homework is to like sit down and dream of what I want my life to look like and feel like and be like even if it seems impractical or whatever. And then I assume at my next session, we're actually going to talk about, okay, how can we create that, which is asking for help and creating plans and all that type yeah. of stuff. And she had given me this like personal assessment thing. Um, I wish, I, I wonder if I still have access to it, but I bet you, Elizabeth, you probably have something that you give your clients, but it's like, how are you taking care of yourself emotionally? How are you taking care of yeah. yourself physically? How are you taking care of yourself professionally? How like it had all these different categories mm -hmm. and it was one, two, three, and then a column of I'd like to improve on this. And it was just a self-reflection of like, wow, there's so many areas that I wanted to improve on and have been so much in survival that I've done a really poor job and that there's just so many areas for growth, but it comes back to her like me thinking, okay, if that is possible, I need to sit down with my support system for that lifestyle to happen. Exactly. Um, especially, I mean, like I can speak from a single mom's point of view, but like any mom point of view, like you can't do it all on your own. So whether it's mm -hmm. like, for me, it's budgeting in like money for a babysitter. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. like I just know in order for the things to happen, like I need to budget for a babysitter and that's something that I'm going to have to sacrifice somewhere else. But going back to what you're saying, it's like, so I can have the joy and I can yeah. come back into and bring joy into the household instead mm -hmm. of feeling like blogged out and foggy and all that type of stuff. And like, even one of the things that I like implemented actually after the call is I found a gym with kids care and I had like gone and looked at it because I okay. know that is such a big thing for me is like, I need to access that. And, you know, there's gyms that have care available, you know, and like looking yeah. at what are the plans that I need to put in place that works for our system and stuff like that. So just this whole conversation just makes me really happy. And I just want to say to any mom that like that survival quote or thought process is coming into play like I feel like a lot of moms when you become a mom it's just survival you're like how do I keep this human alive and you are surviving to keep them alive and you alive when it when we create things like what Elizabeth is um, explaining for us is you don't have to just be in fight or flight like making it it can look different but it's really being intentional about it. And so I really just appreciate you like talking about the intentionality from the last episode of like sleep and the intentionality of creating a plan and intentionality of finding support in all of that. Because I think like we said on the last one, it's like the does. 
But like, it's so important on the fact that our mental health affects our kids way more than all the tedious little stuff. So it just reminds me, like, I love, I've loved everything we've talked about this month and just really, really thankful, Elizabeth, for your wisdom, because I think it's, I know it's brought me a ton of healing, ton of education, um, but I know it's done that for other moms too. So really appreciate everything that you've shared. Um, I don't know, Ari, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I had to pull this thing up as I was listening to you guys because I'm reading the 5 a.m. club right now because I'm in the process of trying to figure out my morning routine so I can feed myself before I turn on for work and for the kids and for the family. And so not say I'm getting to 5 a.m. right now, but I'm going to do like 15, 30 minute increments to like work my way up because I love to sleep in. Like I will sleep till the babies wake up um, and sometimes sleep past that if Ian just grabs them for me. And so I've been looking at this. Um, something they talk about is the four quadrants and how we need to be serving all four, working on them to really get them up. And so one is mindset. So the psychology that you ha- um, need to be working on heart set. So that's your emotional side, um, health set. So that's you physically and soul set, which is you uh, spiritually. And so working on those four quadrants, if you let one slide, it affects the entire like life. Mm-hmm. So it can steal joy. So I think mm-hmm. as a mom, sometimes we may let one or two of those slide. Maybe we let physical movement slide. Maybe we let um, like our soul set, maybe like our like spiritual faith kind of slides like in that those initial stages of motherhood when you're just, you know, running around in survival mode. Maybe let three or four slide. I don't know. But yeah. if we let, even if we just let one go, it can take a huge toll on us. And I, I, for me, I think I've paid attention to that in my life. Was I always good at acting on it? No, but like if something was off in my life, it took a toll on everything else. Even if it looked like from the outside, they were like performing well. Um, yeah, it just, it's crazy. Um, but anyways, that kind of goes into like how we need to do true self-care for ourselves. Yeah. And I think, even too, like a lot of the times, if I think back on the last year, I wouldn't have even thought about those four areas until someone said something to me or till I hit a rock bottom point. So I yeah. think Elizabeth, like I love this. Um, it's almost like a preparation. So you don't hit those points. Mm-hmm. So could you give us like a resources and stuff like that? Cause you're based out of Colorado. So like I assume only a fraction of the listeners are listening from Colorado. Um, What do you recommend or where do you recommend a mom going so she can get help with someone who can guide her from a professional standpoint? Um, Any, anything and everything would be great. Yes. How do they get started? It's because it's really confusing like, what's the difference between this kind of provider and that kind of provider? How do I find them and know mm-hmm. they're good? It's so confusing. So I'll break for the purposes of our discussion, which is mental health support specifically. Um, and and then when I say mental health, I want to be clear, like, you don't need to be struggling mightily to access these things, right? You don't mm. need to be in crisis to benefit 
from these things. Mm -hmm. If you are experiencing what you think is something like depression or anxiety, I really urge you to go to therapy. I really urge you. But you will benefit no matter what. Even if you're just like, I just need someone to talk to. Some of these things are going to be helpful. So the three categories that I think are important to highlight are first, counseling or psychotherapy. And I'll talk about what that is in a second. Second is psychiatric care, which is a doctor who will prescribe medication. And third are more group-oriented things. And Mm -hmm. these, I think, if you are suffering with a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder, all three of these things will benefit you and you should do at least two of them, like hands Mm -hmm. down. Um, If you are someone who just, you're like feeling off and you could just use some support, then maybe one of those things would be helpful. Mm -hmm. But the more you're struggling, the more I would say, do all three or at least check it out. Just check it out. What What's the harm, right? So the first category was psychotherapy counseling. This is the sort of person who is going to talk with you individually about what you're going through, process it, um, will help you understand sort of what's quote unquote normal or not normal, will come up with strategies and challenge you to do things that might be hard, but beneficial, sort of like Jamie, what you were just talking about. And the people who you're going to look for, they're called psychotherapists, they're called counselors, they may be called psychologists, and they'll meet with you one-on-one. I feel so glad that it seems like the culture is moving away from the stigma around therapy, because I think therapy is so beneficial. Having a space to talk about yourself is like, so critical. Isn't it? So, yeah, which is crazy. Our parents literally used to, my dad will still use the term loony bin. (laughs) Like, which is crazy that that's the stigma that it used to be. And that'd be like, oh, all this type of stuff. And I like, I've been to a, a, like a mental hospital. Like, I was hospitalized in 2019. And it's crazy that my, like, that was the stigma way back then where now it's like encouraged. And now since there's virtual, you can see a therapist anywhere, you know, Yeah. where before it was like, you'd hide, Oh, I'm going to therapy or like the only therapy you'd hear would be like marriage, like therapy. And most of the time it's because someone had an affair or like something like, you know, where now it's like, it's so much more normalized. Like you said of like, even if you don't have anything going on, you know, going to therapy is cool. Like, it's like, cool. You're going to therapy. You're working on yourself. Like that's admiring where it's not like, "Mm." like, you know, like "Mm." wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. Almost preventative and like high performers are now using therapy to like Mm. unlock even more. I think that's, what's really cool is like people are unleashing, like, you know, like going to marriage, like counseling, it's not because they have a problem. It's maybe before they have a problem, they learn how to communicate with each other. Or like, I love the fact that that one of the podcasts I listened to, they talk about how they were not really into therapy before, but they've talked to so many high performers that they're like, there's something to this. Like if they're going to it, I know one podcaster takes all of his, sounds dramatic, but takes his girlfriends now before they even get together officially 
to therapy to make sure like is this actually legit or are we just gonna be wasting our time <laughs> hello sounds like something yeah. i would do <laughs> i mean it's not a bad idea it's like, not a bad like idea. Damn, how you maybe like, i'll do that when i start dating our first date is with <laughs> miss alaska <laughs> oh yes <laughs> that's my therapist if anyone's wondering oh, so good Okay, the next is a psychiatrist. Okay, so the next is a psychiatrist. These days, these people, psychiatrists, are really just like medication providers. Uh, they used to, used to be back in the day they would both prescribe you medication and do talk therapy. And now they're sort of more of a split. But what I think I really want to emphasize is I want to smash the urban legend that you cannot take medication for your mental health while you're pregnant or breastfeeding. And so I want you to know that that is not true. The problem is, here's the problem, that perinatal mental health, and I could go on all day about the reasons why this is, but I will not. We love it. Um, we love is it. Not, is not routinely covered in like any mm -hmm training. So in med school and residency programs where psychiatrists are learning about prescribing medication for mental health, perinatal mental health is not routinely covered. It's so okay. crazy. In my own grad school, when I was training to become a therapist, perinatal mental health is not covered routinely in graduate school for psychotherapists and counselors. I had to get separate advanced training. So I'm telling you this because I want everyone to understand that if you have had a provider who has told you that you need to get off your Prozac when you're pregnant or breastfeeding, run for the hills because they are not educated. They have not been trained in this specialty and they're giving you wrong advice. Actually, they're giving you wrong advice that's like life or death actually that it's really that important so, so you need crazy. to find a psychiatrist who Ugh. has advanced training um, or just some training in perinatal mental health the terminology i will give you it's called a reproductive psychiatrist mm -hmm. reproductive psychiatrists have been trained in the reproductive system and how it affects mental health in women and birthing people. So go talk to a reproductive psychiatrist. So that's something like you can call. So like, say you're looking for a psychiatrist, you can call the office and say, I'm looking for a reproductive psychologist or psychiatrist, so you, or like, so, what would the term yeah. use? Like if someone was trying to figure that out, I would say, so good question. What how about this? Why don't we do, because I'm going to go into how to find these people all perfect. in one, one lump sum. Okay. After perfect, perfect. Number three. How about that? Um, because it's all sort of lumped together how you will find all of these people who have specialty in perinatal mental health. Love it. Um, so that's psychiatry number two. And then guys, I just have to throw in a quick joke because yeah. when you said, how about that? I don't know if you guys remember, there was that girl that was like, cash me all sad. How about that? <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Sorry, Certainly I had do. to break it up. We had to add some joy, some humor to this, uh, to this episode. Yeah, I do remember <laughs> that. And then did a fight ensue? Did a fight ensue after that? 
I don't know, but I think she ended up like going on to do something more because I yeah. mean, she kind of, she was a social media star after that. She was. She was. <laughs> okay. So the third, and then we'll get into how to find these people. The third type of support are groups, which I believe so strongly in groups. There's also research that supports that group stuff, support groups, social support is profoundly impactful in mental health for moms. This can look any number of ways. There are support groups virtually. There are therapy groups. There are postpartum groups. There are new mom groups. There's the Mom Walk Collective is a social support group. And I think totally, it's so (laughs) vital to be in a group of other people going through stuff. And I think, you know, when it's specifically all of us who are going through this time of life together, man, that could be exactly the thing that you need to help. So those are the three Mm -hmm. available types of support that I would encourage people to look for. So good. And now you said hit us with the ultimate resource. Yeah. Because I think a lot of moms are like, okay, great. Yeah. How do they find a trusted source? Because I think that's Mm -hmm. then the struggle is like, most people go to who takes my insurance, but then you're just given a long list of names and numbers. Right. Um, right. How can a mom find someone that is going to understand perinatal mood disorders? So for all of the three types of support that we've just gone through, the best, most comprehensive resource is via Postpartum Support International, which is this huge global organization that is focused on training and education and uh, resources. It's incredible. It trains clinicians and it has everything you need to find all of these types of supports. So my recommendation, if you want to peruse providers, you could go to postpartum.net that is their website, postpartum.net. They have a provider directory where you can put in your zip code, put in what you're looking for, and it will give you a list of people with wow. special specialization. The other, there are a few other really incredible resources that I want to highlight. I, I, I swear I don't get paid by them because it sounds like oh, it sounds like you should though, but. But I did get trained with them. Um, I did their intro training and they just do such wonderful work. They have a helpline that you can call or text. It's not for a crisis. It's more for like, hey, I live in like Topeka, Kansas, and I don't know where to start. And they'll be like, okay, we're going to find you a volunteer. (laughs) I don't know where that just came from, Topeka, Kansas. That's what came to my mind. But they have volunteers all over the country who are trained to help moms find resources that fit your needs. Mm. So you can call or text the helpline. I'm going to give you the number, by the way, in a second. And you could say, this is my deal. This is where I live. This is what I need. What do I do? And they will get back to you and connect you with local resources. It's like an incredible resource for free, for free. The other thing that I want to plug that they do is they have a medication like referral line so that if you have a provider, let's say you have a psychiatrist that you've been working with forever and there's no reproductive psychiatrist in your region because that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. They have a line that your psychiatrist, your medication provider can call 
to consult with an expert cool. to get the right advice again for free. Wow. It's that's so incredible. So all you would need to do is say, Hey doc, I heard about this service. It sounds like you may need to know more about this thing. <laughs> Can you reach out to postpartum support international? They will give you guidance. And if you go to post postpartum.net under the providers tab, one of the first things on the top is medication referral line or something like that. And the doctors can go there and fill it out. So postpartum.net, I recommend for everything. They have virtual support groups for like every single thing. They have virtual support groups for expectant moms, pregnancy loss, mood support, uh, everything, like literally everything under the sun, you know, um, just, I could keep going on forever and they are wonderful support groups. They're free. They're virtual. You don't have to commit. You register, you go when you can totally confidential. Amazing. That's phenomenal. We should be told this at like when we give birth, literally we give birth, right? at the six week checkup. Right. I just think like we just need to be hit with it multiple times and almost like yeah. trained as a society to like, these are like, what's mind boggling to me is like you said that some like training for these professionals didn't include this. When yeah. we are the women who are literally giving birth to the next generation and like, we're not studying this, we're not including this in like education. Um, but I did look up postpartum.net and that piece is called perinatal psychiatric consult line. Is that what yeah, you're referring yes, to? Yes, that's exactly okay. it. Yep. Cool. All of our professionals this month have brought up uh, Postpartum Support International. So this is a phenomenal resource that I yes. feel like I'm going to like look into more just so I can educate myself. So that way we can educate others in this area because we really want to be like, we want to provide support to moms uh, as much as possible, especially in this day and age where this is not really talked about. So it's up to us. This is also good. I'm going to wrap us up and just, this will be, we're doing a, the next episode. You'll hear me, Ari and Savannah, um, just kind of give our thoughts on all of the episodes of this last month and things that were just shocking to us and so much that we've learned. And I think listening to things like this, are a, give us a space to have reflection also here you know you get to hear part of Ari and I's being like oh my gosh like you're not alone and just even getting to hear your wisdom Elizabeth and the wisdom of the other professionals that we interviewed this month this has been just such a phenomenal phenomenal month we mm -hmm. like we've talked in and this is me just even saying this is Elizabeth has resources and everything, but you're going to be seeing her work with us more just because we love what she's doing. Um, so keep an eye out, whether it's going to pop up on the website or something, it's still in the works, but what she's doing and um, what all these providers are doing to really resource moms have just, I know can say have made an impact on me. I bet you Ari can say the same. So yeah. mom, if, you're, you've been listening and I recommend listening to all of them. And if you're looking for that support group, that's what we do. We're the mom walk collective. It's very casual. We meet twice a month. We 
go on a walk just to find friends and have those conversations. Um, if you're looking to find a walk near you, the best place to go is our website. It's the momwalkcollective.com. Go to our walk finder, type in your zip code. You're going to find the walk nearest to you. We're launching, you know, 10 to 30 new cities a month. So if you go check it out, if there are walk near you that has been a little dormant, email us. Life happens. A lot of our moms are getting pregnant again and stuff like that. So we're in the transition of switching ambassadors and stuff. Um, if you want to be an ambassador and host one in your city, we have an ambassador application. Feel free to to fill that out. And the first of every month, we'll get back to you. Um, other than that, check out our main social page. It's the Mom Walk Co. It's on Instagram. We're running all these amazing giveaways. And June is going to be our one-year anniversary. So we're just gifting moms a bunch of stuff. Um, but we just want to say thank you so much, Elizabeth. It has been phenomenal learning from all your wisdom. I'm like, you're just, so welcome. I just like, think you're so cool. And I'm like, literally, I'm also like, low key wish you're my therapist. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I just love it. Um, but thank you so much again. If there's anything you want to say or close out, or if you have any programs too, that you're able to share currently that you're doing, we'd love for you to plug them. Oh, that's so nice. Well, it's just been my pleasure and privilege to be talking with you both and the impact you're having on moms worldwide is profound. So to anyone listening, just know that you are perfect and you're not alone. And, mm. you know, times do get better even when it's hard, um, but they get better faster with support, with good support, with good community, whether that's a therapist or the Mom Walk Collective. They're both will change your life. Um, so, and coming while you're waiting for my dance party to pop up <laughs> this summer, we do have virtually um, a bunch of workshops that I'll be doing virtually that can be done cross uh, state boundaries, including rediscovering your identity as a new mom. We're doing mm. finding joy in the mundane of motherhood. Um, mm. What are the other ones? Uh, working with mom guilt. So we're doing these like specialty workshops uh, virtually together. If you're interested, the name of my mom dance party, it's, it's a, a social club called Moms Feeling Themselves. So you can go to momsfeelingthemselves.com like and um, hopefully we'll see you at a dance party or another workshop. I love time. it. Yeah. We'll I have it all it. on I'm the show I'm going to come notes. out to Colorado. Yeah. Yes. Come visit. I'm going to come out to Colorado. Ian and I want to make a trip out there. So, you know, a dance come party on. is worth yes. it. So we'll, so we'll time it well. It's in August, so come on down. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll see thank you, guys. you so much, Elizabeth. You're welcome. <laughs> Jamie and I are both wrapping up. Yep. Um, we love you, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Mama. We'll leave it there. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>